Hi there. This is Cal Evans. I'm going to be your host, and we're going to be talking today with Jesse Solar. Jesse is with Gun.io, and uh, Jesse, I honestly don't know what your title is, so I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at Gun. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Cal. Um, so I basically run the client side of things here. Um, so I'm working you know, with clients from the time that they come in. Uh, getting them um, to know the platform better so they can understand what our technical talent looks like, how we operate, and just making sure that we're matching them with the best people for this role. So I kind of handle that process from, you know, the client joining the platform to the time they pick out a developer to signing that contract. And then throughout the engagement, I work with them, you know, to mitigate any issues that come up or bring on new talent or anything else in there. So anything client related, I am, I am your girl. That is interesting. If nobody else learns <laughs> anything else, this entire um, interview, I've at least learned something um, because I've worked with you on several different pieces, but I see little small snippets of what you do. I didn't get the big picture. Today, we're going to talk about nailing the interview because you deal with clients a lot and you present developers and you also are there during the virtual interviews since everything is virtual these days. You're there during the interviews. You know what works and what doesn't work. And there's a lot of developers out there that really want to know what works. What can they do to give themselves an edge when they are doing a virtual interview? So we got a list of questions and I'm just going to start um, going down those and let's see what um, see what comes up. So I guess the first thing is, uh, what is the one most important thing that candidates need to know or developers need to know to nail a virtual interview? All right. I mean, I think the biggest thing that you can do coming into this is just be prepared. And obviously that means a lot of different things, but, you know, research the company, research the role, the job description, what they're looking for. Um, you know, different projects that they've done, anything like that is going to be, you know, huge. Also, you know, I think it's that and acting interested in the role, (laughs) you know, we've had, we've had many, I've been on thousands of interviews at this point over the last three years and showing that you have genuine interest in what they're doing, um, where you could fit into this project is, it's huge for a client. Obviously, you know, they want someone that is excited about, what they're doing. Um, and you'd be surprised how many interviews where we have that, um, you know, the developer does not necessarily express that at all throughout, but they still want the job. So that's, hmm. that's always confusing to me. But yeah, I'd say those are the two biggest things. Be prepared, be interested, show your interest. <laughs> Very interesting. One of the things um, I've done to prepare for interviews in the past, you mentioned um research other projects they've done. Um, Stack Overflow has a careers um, section and I've looked up companies and see what else they've hired for because that gives you a clue as to what they're up to. And what I've found is most companies are blatantly transparent about this stuff. They've got a blog, they need fodder for the blog. So they write about what they're working on on their blog. So if you spend some time on the um, corporate or if they have a developer blog, spend some time there, you usually get a good idea of the types of projects um, that they're working on. And it also gives you a little bit of insight into the culture that um, you're, you're stepping into. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, you know, you can always come to us too, if it's a role through, 
Gun.io or some other type of recruitment platform or whatever it is, I'm happy to answer those questions prior to the interview. Um, you know, anything about the people that you're interviewing with, if you can find them on LinkedIn, um, you know, we, we are happy to set you up to be in a great position to get this job. That's, that's the goal. Very cool. Now, um, I say this sitting here in a um, Hawaiian flower type <laughs> shirt. How important is appearance um, when you're when you're doing these virtual interviews? Um, so more important than you think. However, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, what in the in the um, traditional aspect of you know showing up to an office in a suit and tie or whatever. Hmm. That is not necessary. I think I've seen you know a very small handful of interviews where someone is dressed out in their business casual. It's, it's not necessary. That being said, like, you know, have the zoom, like for your zoom background, you don't want a bunch of stuff in the back, but you don't want dirty clothes. Don't show up in like, you know, I've, I've been on an interview where someone showed up in their like white tank top undershirt. Don't do that. You know, but like <laughs> if you're wearing, you know, a, a pullover, a hoodie, whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's technical interview. Um, you're not, you're not show. I, it's, it's important, but just look presentable, you know, um, something, something that you can go to a decent dinner in. you're going to Applebee's or whatever. don't don't have things like a miscellaneous or a box full of miscellaneous audio equipment open in the background like i do okay that's actually okay (laughs) sometimes you know if you have some stuff in the background there's good talking points if you have you know um i have one client that has a big fish tank in the background and that always turns into a topic of conversation for at least a few minutes. And I actually really appreciate that. <laughs> it's more so having like dirty laundry back there. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you're doing these interviews, uh, we're, we're using Zoom to record this and uh, that has become basically the de facto standard. Um, I'm old <laughs> enough to remember when Skype was the de facto standard, but Zoom has um, pretty much taken over that. But what, what tech do uh, me as a candidate, what tech is really important? I mean, um, do I need to have a stack of virtual backgrounds? Um, my microphone, I, I, I didn't do much with my lighting today. I, I do when I'm recording real videos, but is, is, is that stuff important or, or am I just um, overthinking this because I'm a developer? It's important, but I think the main thing, honestly, make sure that your video and your audio works. I can't tell you how many times people log in and the first five to 10 minutes, they're logging in and out, trying to get their audio to connect. So just, you know, log on 20 minutes early, make sure that your Zoom is connected, make sure that everything is working because that I, you know, it, it is what it is. It happens, but it's not necessarily, um, you know, the best first impression, especially for a technical person. Um, my other suggestion would also be to use a computer rather than your cell phone for Zoom oh, okay. um, meetings. I think that always makes a big difference 
um, you know. Yeah. Well, my cell phone videos look like this when I'm when I'm exactly. holding my cell phone. So exactly. that's why I stopped trying to to do cell phone because I used to think uh, I, I worked for one company. And I thought it was um, really cool to sit out back because I live in Florida and I could sit out back and um, do my daily stand ups sitting outside while they were in Detroit and it was snowing. but um i don't know how much i'd love that if i was in detroit but (laughs) but the the shakiness of it uh just um it it wasn't a good experience uh so i i um, tried to limit that but you're right um you know making sure that you've got a good solid tech also zoom gives away free accounts so if you're not sure you can set up a free account a day or two before and make sure all your gear works. And um, here's what I'm going to throw out because I do this, I do a lot of webinars. And um, before I start a webinar, and anytime I'm starting doing a major interview, like I did this just before we started, I reboot my computer just to make sure nothing's going to freeze up on me. I don't care what operating system you're using or what platform you're using. I mean, I've got a pretty beefy computer here. I still reboot it just to make sure that nothing goes awry. Smart. And then another thing, just kind of like, you know, I mentioned in the last question, check in with us. I am happy to log on to Zoom with you, you know, 10 minutes early the day before, make sure everything's working. Would much prefer that than struggling with audio and video for the first 10, 15 minutes. And on another note, which I didn't mention before, always have your video on. Um, I took that for granted, but yeah, I I guess that, that needs to be said. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, I, I, this this goes back to um, in-person job interviews. We were always told to do this, but we I see this advice a lot in virtual interviews um, to have questions prepared for the interviewer. How important is that um, to have questions about the company? I mean, I'm I'm about to come off a contract with Gun, and when I did the interview, they said, "Do you have any questions?" I said, "No, I've been aware of the company since it was founded in the late '90s." You know, I do you have any questions for me about the company? Because I probably have been following it longer than you've been there at the company. <laughs> so, um, you know, and in that case, it, it was kind of cute and endearing. Uh, but that's not always the case. Is it important for a candidate to actually have questions prepared that they want to ask? Yes, this is humongous. And even if it's not, you know, even if you don't necessarily have questions off the top of your head, Get some generic ones in there, you know, something about like, what, what, you know, what, um, what's your work style like, where do you see this role progressing in the next couple of months, you know, what would the first week look like, um, what, you know, what would make this like a huge win for you if the candidate was, if I was able to accomplish what, you know, mm-hmm. in the first week. Um, one question that I really like is when, you know, the candidate says, why, why do you enjoy working here? What's been your favorite part about working with this company? Um, I think those things always, again, they show your interest in the position. Um, and it gives, it gives the client a chance to kind of sell, sell themselves as well and sell, sell the company and what they'd be doing. But yeah, I mean, I would absolutely come prepared with some questions. Again, you know, if you can research the company on LinkedIn, um, look at some of the stuff that they've done prior, ask some questions about that. Obviously, you know, if you have questions about um, their technical stack and how they're using it, uh, you know, of course ask those, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily, a lot of times that's covered within the interview. 
So I would yeah. always have some of those more generic work style, team culture questions kind of lined up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just to, again, show your interest. Uh, and also, I think it gives you a good feel for what to expect in the project. That's a good point. Um, one of my, you mentioned my absolute favorite one. If I don't have specific questions about the company or the team, um, I always throw out what does success in this role look like for you? Because it's very important, especially if you're interviewing for a full-time position, it's very important that you and the candidate understand what the manager really wants. And that might not come out in the interview, but if you ask them something like, what does success look like for you? Then they've got to think about, you know, what's it going to take for somebody to be successful in this role? Yep. Um, Okay. Um, So I I have a tendency, as you've probably noticed, to ramble. (laughs) Um, How long is too long? You know, um, I've also been on interviews where people have done a five minute question that um, I've seen other people answer with. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, you know, when when I'm talking to a candidate, how how long is too? or I'm sorry, when I'm talking as a candidate, how long is too long? Should I keep it brief? Should I go in depth? What? I think there's a good balance there. Um, I've been on many interviews where client will ask a question and six minutes later, someone's talking about something that I've, you know, was so far off the original subject. So try to, you know, always, you know, it's great to kind of um, provide explanations and provide details into your answer, but circle it back to the original question if you can. Um, I'd say, you know, a typical good response is probably somewhere between like 30 seconds to a minute. If you're talking for over a minute, it's probably good to circle back. Um, <clears throat> so that conversation is two ways, you know. Um, another thing I would definitely suggest, and I know this isn't necessarily right on this topic, but try not to speak over people. Um, it's a pro- I have this problem, so I, I completely understand it. <clears throat> but um, I, it, it's you know, the, as much as you can try not to do that. If someone's answer answering a question or talking about, you know, something that they're doing, let them finish their thought. Um, and then, you know, you can go from there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. I, I have a tendency to, um, to, to go much longer and, you know, there, there've been times when I, you know, and mentally I'm going, bring it back around, Cal, <laughs> bring it back around. <laughs> um, as my <laughs> uncle likes to say, land this plane. So <laughs> yeah. I would prefer that though, than, you know, just a yes or no, try and, you know, try and at least elaborate a bit. Okay. (laughs) How important, and especially in these virtual interviews is body language. I mean, I do a lot of interviews, not for jobs, but interviews like this. And so I've trained myself to do my best to look at the camera, not at the video and stuff like this. And at least for this interview, um, I'm showing you the respect of not having Twitter open in the the other um, window (laughs) and constantly reading Twitter and stuff like that. But, um, you know, people can people pick up on these nonverbal cues sometimes. Do you see that a lot in um, in these virtual interviews? You know, it hasn't I it hasn't been much of a problem. Um, you know, I would say, obviously look at the camera when you can, if you're taking notes, you know, that's obviously fine. I think a lot of clients are doing that as well. Um, you know, in terms of body language, like I, you know, don't be slumped on your couch, 
Um, I would put put your computer on a desk, be sitting in a chair, but you know, it's it's not the most important thing. I would just stay, look like you're interested, as I've mentioned. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Very good, very good. Now, in researching this, uh, because you know, I, I just didn't just spit out these questions, I actually did a little research on uh, what other people are talking. This one came up a lot, and I'm, I'm very curious about this. Should candidates actually rehearse for the um, for the interview? Do you suggest candidates do that, or should you just wing it? I think it depends. I mean, if that's it depends on the person. Um, if that's something that feels comfortable to you, if you like to kind of rehearse, even maybe just your elevator pitch, what you've been doing, um, you know, what your experience is, how you got to the point where you're at now in terms of, you know, education and previous roles, um, then go for it. I think that's great. Um, But yeah, I think that depends on the person. Advice a lot, especially to um, new developers who's only done a couple of job interviews is to rehearse your number. Okay, if you're asking for a salary, people are going to it's always going to come up in the conversation. Know what your number is and rehearse saying it, because the last thing you want to do is, well, I, I, you know, five bucks an hour. You know, no, you know, you come in and say, this is my number. Of course, having a researched number so that you know that you're within the limits is also important. Um, yeah. You know, you can be as confident as you want, but if you ask for a half million dollars, you're probably not going to get it. So, <laughs> um, but anyhow, um, but I do recommend that. But um, yeah, I I had never thought about rehearsing the interview, but I, I, I guess if that what makes you company or comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think whatever works for you. Yeah, that's true. And finally, this is the question I like to ask everybody when I'm doing an interview. What question did I not ask that you think is important? <laughs> um, gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I don't know. As, as I mentioned, I think the biggest thing that you can do in an interview is be prepared, do your research, you know, understand what they're looking for. And if you don't understand based off the job description, ask those questions during the call. Um, I think, you know, it's great at the end of an interview to ask about what you should expect for next steps. Um, I don't think there's any problem in that. And, you know, is there going to be a code challenge? Um, You know, would this be it? How long, you know, when do you see this kicking off? Um, Is there anything that, you know, you're not sure of right now about me that I can help answer? Um, I think, you know, again, just asking those questions is huge, expressing that interest, um, and showing them, you know, why, why you'd be a great fit for this. Um, one other thing, I guess we didn't really talk about this. Um, but what I wanted to bring up too, is if there's a role that you're interviewing for, and you know, that you've done, you know, similar projects, you have, um, relevant work that you can show, have those prepared, Um, you know, it's nice to be able to like share your screen, not necessarily show code even, but just show some examples of, you know, sites that you've worked on, of apps that you've worked on, um, so they can really get a feel for, you know, what you're able to do. And you can, you know, talk to things within, within those samples, Mm -hmm. um, you know, show them how you integrated this, you know, this payment, uh, (laughs) or whatever it is. So I think, I think that's, um, really helpful to have prepared as well. And clients very much appreciate it. 
Yep. I, if it's a technical interview, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, sharing screen and pulling up some of your code. Wow. Um, one of the very first jobs I ever had outside of working for my parents, because uh, I spent 12 years as their computer guy, um, <laughs> but uh, one of the very first jobs, doing that. <laughs> I um, sent in my resume, but in the envelope, I comb bound a, one of my programs. I had printed it out real nice and put a cover on it and all this. And because uh, I had access to all these tools. So, you know, I put it in the envelope and send it off. And um, I don't know if it helped get the interview because it was a beautiful piece of code. I had spent a lot of time tweaking it because it's my showpiece. It was my showpiece um, code, mm -hmm. um, but they did mention it. They said that they'd never, ever had anybody do something like that before. So, you know, I, I did share my code and these days it's a lot easier than having the FedEx and envelope around. So yeah, um, I love on a that. technical interview that that would be interesting is, Hey, can I show you a piece of code I've done? And we can discuss that. And from, and I've been on the other side of that table. And if I can see somebody's code and see, no, I, I can pick up subtle cues on, you know, how attentive they are as a developer. And, and just like, that, you know, if I see single letter variable names, that's a little bit of a yellow flag, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, that, that's real interesting. And that is a great question. Hey, Jesse, I want to thank you for taking the time to um, be with me today. Uh, these are released by Gun.io and you work with Gun. I get to work with Gun every now and then. Um, I, I work part-time on um, this and some other things, other projects for them. Um, it's a great platform um, to work with. I have um, found jobs on the Gun platform and um, just can't say enough good about it. Audience, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I really appreciate it. I hope you've picked up some things here. Um, hey, do me a favor. If you see this and you like this interview, you found something useful, make sure you tell Gunn because I like doing these. And if they hear that they're helpful, maybe they'll let me do more. So thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you next time right here. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gunn.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.